Hi, this is Greg Anderson, and this is the Living in Carver County podcast. It's an insider's conversation with the people who make Carver County the best place to live, work, and raise a family. I'm very excited today because my guests are in the midst of a grand adventure. Uh, they're longtime friends. They're, you know, full disclosure, past clients. Um, but they're two of the more interesting people in Carver County, uh, Kim and John Matzenbacher. And they are involved in, if you've seen it in the paper or on, uh, was it Channel 11 or Channel 4? Care 11, you know, the Mots Across America um, event. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. But John and Kim, thanks for, and they're joining us, by the way, from um, on their one day off uh, from Pueblo, Colorado. So John and Kim, thank you. I appreciate you guys being on. Thanks for having us, Greg. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Nice to see you guys. And the beard looks awesome, by the way. You know, there is no season on manliness, so. Yeah, back at it. Back at it, yeah. You, kind of, you know, you kind of fit the whole Colorado vibe now, you know, it's sort of a oh, mountain man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're growing into it, if you will. <laughs> so maybe just, I'd like to start off, maybe tell people a little bit about yourselves, you know, where did you grow up and, and you know, a little bit about your life journey and how it is that you got to be doing this. Uh, and we'll cover the big adventure part um, second. So maybe right now, just kind of let people know who you guys are. Okay. You want me? Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, we've been living in Carver County for 28 years. Yep, we moved here in 1994, or not here at Pueblo, but Carver County in 1994. We've raised all three of our kids in Carver County. We have three children. Um, one is, our oldest is 33, our middle is 29, and our youngest is 25, and we have five grandchildren. And two of our kids live in Carver County right now, so it's a great place to live. Cool. Where did you grow up, Kim? I grew up in Brooklyn Park. Okay. Don't even have an accent. No, I don't. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I went to Osseo High School and John is from Forest Lake, Minnesota. Okay. All right. And so work-wise and, you know, what, uh, what is it, you know, how is it that you get to be able to, uh, well, <laughs> talk about the adventure. So just what's what's career path look like and then you know you obviously there was a, a catalyst moment for you that sort of changed a lot of things a few 10 years ago so let's kind of talk about that a little bit <laughs> there's so much greg it's just that's a loaded question <laughs> i know i know pick and choose as you see fit <laughs> yeah yeah um, well, I've always pretty much been an entrepreneur, so I've done lots of different, I've worn a lot of different hats. Um, when we first met, I was a flight attendant for Northwest Airlines, and then I gave that up after our third child and was at home for a couple of years. And then my sister and I opened up this store, Beadville USA, which a lot of you may have heard of in Chaska, Minnesota. And then from there, I went to teaching yoga and working in the yoga industry. And that's what I'm doing today. Um, so you were kind of yeah. on the early part of the whole hot yoga thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I started practicing um, Bikram yoga, which is the 26 posture series and got certified in that and then um, just kind of spread my wings a little bit and got more into the gentle yoga, more sustainable, subtle yoga that is more sustainable as we age because we're all aging, right? Um, and so, yeah, and then the pandemic, um, I started Kimach Yoga, which is a lot of Zoom classes. I do some in person, but I'm doing Zoom classes and doing some corporate 
classes. I actually teach yoga for the city of Chaska, their employees. I've been doing that for six years every Wednesday. And so, and missing those people. I love the city <laughs> of Chaska employees. Oh, and then John. Yeah, and then Kim mentioned, uh, I grew up in Forest Lake, Minnesota, north of St. Paul. And we've been, as Kim mentioned, in the community, communities of uh, Chanhassen, Chaska, and Carver over the 28 years uh, that we've raised our family there. And um, yeah, career-wise, I've been uh, in the hospitality industry, the health and wellness, oil and gas, manufacturing. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic coming around, opportunities kind of dried up, uh, things that I was interested in doing at the time. And uh, should I tell them the story in Walgreens? Yes, I think that's a good story. (laughs) Um, We... uh, Six years ago, about six years ago, we were, it's a Saturday and we we're downtown Chaska and we we're going to Walgreens on the corner of 41 and 61 uh-huh. there. And uh, we noticed uh, a couple bikes leaning against the wall and uh, they were fully loaded, if you will. They had their panniers, saddlebags, if you will. And um, we came out of the store and we got talking with this couple and asked what they were doing. And they're in the mid 20s and they said they were riding across America and we're like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> and then the more we thought about it, the more we're like, you know what, we should do that. <laughs> so that's been in the back of my mind at least for six years mm-hmm. and uh, probably my mind more than Kim's <laughs> uh, at the time. And I just thought, what an adventure, um, what an opportunity to be able to do that. So Obviously, you know, the three or four months that it's going to take us to do that, you kind of set the rest of your life on a side. And, uh, you know, you can look at it in different ways, you know, call it a new beginning, uh, change of mindset, you know. Um, and our initial thoughts were, you know, flexibility. You basically have to look at things day to day. Otherwise, the uh, idea of riding 4,200 and 50 miles is kind of insurmountable. Sure. So, okay. So, but this is, this isn't just, you know, you guys out lollygagging. I mean, there's a purpose to this. <laughs> so, you know, maybe speak to that a little bit. And then I really want to dig into the whole adventure aspect because I think I, and because there's people have those little moments, you know, that Walgreen moment where they think we should do that. And very few people actually take that next step you know, mm-hmm. where they, where they, you put it on the line and, and, you know, move it, move things, move things around. I mean, it's, it's fairly disruptive, I would say. And so to do something like that takes a lot of, I mean, that's a, that's a big step. So, but let's, before we dig it, cause there's a lot I want to talk to, I want to unpack around that. But before we do that, maybe Kim speak to what the, you know, what's the sort of the driver for this, the, the more oh, like John said, this he has really been pushing for this for five or six years, and he's kind of been nudging me along. And um, I, you know, I think for me, things just started to fall into place. We sold our house with you, Greg, um, a year and a half ago, or, or two years ago now, and then we moved into an apartment for eighteen months, and just kind of tried to figure out where we want to land for the, you know, for whatever the next twenty years. And then um, just the timing of John. Um, figuring out what he wants to do when he grows up. Our lease was up, the pandemic. And then I kind of joke because we have three adult children and 
this summer, no one's graduating from college, no one's having a baby, no one's getting married. So we kind of like, we felt free to be able to go and leave our people here um, because we have a very tight, close family. And so for me, I really, I wanted to do the journey, but I wanted to have um, a, more of a reason. I wanted to do something purposeful, um, even though it is purposeful. And so it's my 10 year cancer survivorship um, my anniversary, and um, I was I'm a lobular cancer survivor. And to be quite honest, when I was diagnosed, um, I just wanted to get through the journey, the treatment, the everything. And I haven't done a lot of um, advocacy for lobular breast cancer. So I thought this is perfect. I had a connection with the Lobular Breast Cancer Alliance, which is the only organization that is dedicated to lobular breast cancer. And they've only been around for three years. Um, so they're still funding, you know, they're, well, they're always funding um, for research and things like that. So I think like that for me, when we got into that aspect of it, raising money for lobular breast cancer, celebrating my 10 year anniversary, then for me, I don't know, the stars started to align. I felt like, okay, I got that aha moment. Like this is, it's gonna be okay, let's do this. Okay. And, and you, this, you're doing fundraising though for lobular cancer. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. For the Alliance, mm -hmm. the lobular okay. cancer Alliance. And I'll have a link to the show notes for your fundraising page on Facebook and also for the, you know, to the site and oh. to your website, you know, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So, so why, you know, how did you decide? Okay. So, the, so the gist of this is you, you saw this couple that was riding across America and you thought that'd be a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so That's so then started. kind of walk. Okay, so walk me through. I mean, you're starting in what Astoria, Oregon, and you guys are ending in Yorktown, Virginia. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. We uh, we shipped our bikes out to Astoria to a little bike shop out there with the help of uh, Michael Cycles in downtown Chaska. Um, they've been good to us and one of our sponsors, mm -hmm. and. Um, and we flew out to Portland and we got a lift uh, two hours to uh, Astoria and loaded up. And the next day we were on, uh, we were on our way. So how did you, so why Astoria? I mean, how did you, how, what, I mean, it, you know, you think about the entire West coast of the United States, why, how did, what went into the, the, the planning in terms of how you decided to sort of map this out? I mean, why, what was the, did, uh, you know, we, we saw that couple and uh, kind of had that in the back of our head. So I started doing research on bicycling across America. And uh, there's, a, there's quite a different uh, or multiple of sites that map it out. I happened to find the uh, Adventure Cycling. They're out of Missoula, Montana and did more research and they have maps and then I started reading people's blogs, people's books about their uh, bicycling adventure, whether it be across the United States or from Anchorage to California. And uh, that's kind of how we, it all started. And then um, I started researching what kind of bikes that we should be riding um, and what kind of bags or saddlebags to carry and so forth. So. Uh, we ended up doing a lot of research on what it would take to actually do it. I, I, before this, I would consider ourselves kind of novice bicyclists. We've always had bicycles. Kim and I have gotten into it since our kids 
grew up and moved out of the house, we actually had time to enjoy uh, riding together. And um, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And then we got into, you know, timing. Uh, you basically have to step away from everything going on. We sold our house with you and moved into that apartment in uh, Chanhassen. And during that time, uh, as Kim mentioned also, you know, what do we want to do when we grow up type of deal. So it ended up being just a good opportunity to, I don't know, I, I call it look for a new beginning. Kind of like a hard reset. Yeah. Right. Like kind yeah. of reinventing ourselves. Okay. And I've always had this thought, this <laughs> idea, even as a kid, you know, the, the idea that life is all in your head. It is what you think it is mm -hmm. type of deal. So the opportunity to, I don't know, have this adventure and grow and meet people and uh, ride and live day to day, you know, it's all, it's partly uncomfortable, which is if you grasp that or you, you know, what do you want to call it? Hug it. It will, um, I don't know, it can be kind of exciting. It's hard. So, so, okay. So not to get too far into the weeds, but like, what did you do with all your stuff? I mean, you, you said your lease was coming up. Did you guys liquidate or did you just put stuff in storage or what did you do? Um, we, we, uh, it's, well, all, it's all spread out. <laughs> it's all spread out. But, uh, when we sold our house, we kind of, we made a decision to downsize. So we, uh, gave a lot of stuff away. We set a lot of stuff on the curb <laughs> that people, you know, people could use mm -hmm. and then, uh, let our kids go through the garage and the house. And, you know, so we're, we're at least half of what we used to have of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, you remember that old George Carlin bit where he talks about your stuff and how you like, there's like this whole thing. If you don't, if you, if people haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube and it's, it's called George Carlin's stuff. And he talks about the, pro the logistical problem of having too much stuff mm -hmm. and how you have to buy a bigger house and you buy a bigger oh, house. Yeah. By the way, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> My world. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but you get to a point where it's like, okay, now you have all this stuff, right? And you're buying, you're spending money to store your stuff and all that. So, so I was just curious because we're, you know, is it, it, people our age, you know, are kind of in that gap where, okay, the kids are gone and now you, you find yourself storing their shit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, then, it's, it's been, it was very freeing for us to let, it was hard to let go of some of that stuff. Like I might need it. Right, right. I moved it four times. It's in the same box, but I might need it mm -hmm. type of deal. Mm -hmm. So that's the, you know, the kind of stuff that go, we got rid of. And um, I don't know, it was, it was, a, lack of a better word, it's just very enlightening and freeing. and very cathartic, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just kind of like, yeah. you, then you get rid of it and you think, well, why did we have all this stuff? <laughs> right. And, and we're not. And that, that mindset of we're not living for the stuff we have. Right, right. We're, that's part of this ad adventure is uh, the opportunity to see the country, to meet people, eat different foods, although it hasn't been different yet. Right. Along yeah. the way. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, my guess is you probably get you probably won't want to see another goo or power bar after for a few years. I but know. I know. <laughs> Things like uh, power bars and uh, hamburgers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Okay. All right. So I'm sorry, I kind of got in the weeds there a little bit, but I think it's just a, it's a big part of it, right? You know, I think that's for a lot of people that talk about, you know, wanting to go abroad or, you know, wanting to take that kind of adventure, you know, the the logistical issue of like, you've got this house and you've got all this stuff, you've got, you know, you've got a a yard to care for and, you know, pets, so you can hear my dog scratching Mm -hmm. in the background here. You know, but you have these things that you have to address. And for a lot of people, that's sometimes <laughs> that's the that's the excuse um, that prevents them from kind of leaning into, you know, leaning into these adventures. Is that mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, we had a little internet glitch there. And, yeah, is, is it okay? Um, but, yep. but you know, the ability to step away um, is freeing in itself. But you know, we have our we have one car at one daughter's house. We have another car at another daughter's house. Our belongings are in the basement of one daughter's house. You know, so all the logistical things that kind of have to add up to be able to do this. I mean, it takes some planning. Mm-hmm. I mean, but there's a way. I mean, I guess I guess the, the way I want people to get from your message. I'm, what I'm hoping they get is that there's a way. You just have to, you know you you have to lean into it. It's just another. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a problem that you can solve. It's not mm-hmm. an uh, insurmountable obstacle to, you know, doing, you know, keep kicking the can down the road for someday and, you know, right. someday never comes, right? You, yeah. if you've ever been on a cruise and you see all these people and they're towing oxygen and, you know, they can't go on any of the excursions because their health is, prohi- you know, they're prohibited by health. And you think, you know, people wish they'd have done that earlier. You know, yeah. we've got Cindy's 90 year old father living with us. And one of the things he said, he said uh, multiple times is, you know, they were happy they traveled when they could. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. my parents said that too. They, my mom says that, you know, we traveled when we couldn't afford it, but we're so glad we did it because, you know, they got to a point where health was, prohi- you know, became health pro- or co- uh, prohibitive because of their health. Yeah. Right. So, so the fact and that I you guys are doing this is, you guys are my heroes. So, thank you. <laughs> well, I think too, just my journey with breast cancer too, that's pretty eye opening um, because I was only 46 years old when I was diagnosed. And it just really puts things into perspective about life and how it is so fragile. And it's, you just. Yeah. And yeah. the idea, you don't have to do what you think other people think you should do. Right. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to live by those rules. You can make up your own rules, your mm-hmm. own passions, mm-hmm. your own drive. And all you have to do is grasp it and make a plan and go. Cool, very it's, cool. You know, call it simple, but it's that simple. You just have to do it. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy, but yeah. So, so, so while John's making all these, pl- going on reading blogs and, and yes. making plans and everything, Kim, were you kind of on board or did he have to sell you on it or were you kind of both? I mean, how did that interplay between the two of you work to, um, that's a, good, that's a very, very good question. I thought he was just—he just such a smooth talker. Is that the yeah. deal? Or? No, I think I, I just felt like he was just going to give up on it. I think I just was like, okay, this is going to go away. This is going to go away. This whole thing, and you know, um, I, when I get something in my mind like that, I usually am pretty consistent and persistent and stubborn yeah yeah yes but when amazon starts delivering things like the the love language is determined but yeah stubborn works yeah yeah like i said we started getting amazon packages arriving two of everything you know two helmets two whatever two (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Two bikes. We have the same bikes, the yep. same color. Yeah. You know. Yep. And our panniers started arriving and all these things. And um, yeah, I think the timing just worked out really well for us too. Like we said, um, it just, that gave me more comfort. Um, just knowing that our kids are settled and I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now, so going back to the logistics, so you're mapping this out. Um, what caused you to pick the um, Oregon route? Is it just because of like, are there more bike lanes? Is it a safer route? Is it a more scenic route? I mean, what, what was, what tipped you over? You said there's multiple people yeah, that do it. So uh, what was it that made this comment right? I'll make, uh, you know, it's called the Trans America Bicycle Trail. Okay. And you're on the roads for the 99% of the route. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're riding along the road with or without a shoulder. A lot of the times our experience so far has been with no shoulder. Oh. Um, so, it, you know, it can't be dangerous, um, but you just take that into account and, and move. But so it's called the Transamerica Bicycle Trail. Um, in 1976, the Bike Centennial, they called it, um, a group of people uh, now called the uh, uh, the guys out of Missoula. Adventure Cycling. Yeah, Adventure Cycling. Um, they actually rode it and mapped it. And I'll just hold a little, one of the 12 maps that we have. Okay. And within it are multiple maps called sections, 50 miles, you know, a piece, that type of deal. And they have information on the maps about where there's uh, food, restaurants, uh, hotels, motels, camping, hostels, hostels, um, things that you need, you know, basically to sustain yourself along the way. And um, then the more I started reading it, and I ordered maps, like when we lived in downtown Chaska, because I was thinking like, okay, maybe we should do this now. And then it just didn't work out uh, type of deal. And then also reading other people's blogs, like our blog, about their, their adventure, reading, you know, some people have written books, um, just call it researching, and then talking to the folks at Michael Cycles. I was at other bike shops too, but I just like the idea of number one, buying local mm -hmm. uh, in uh, Carver County. And then I like the bikes that they were, that we picked out and they're called, it's a Kona bike, Kona Sutra. Okay. And it's made for touring, it's heavier, it's, you know, it's steel. Chromoly, they call it. Uh, so it's heavier, but it can handle the weight that we're uh, carrying, which is 40 to 50 pounds, you know, that, on top of everything. That's no joke. Yeah. No. No. So they're, we, it's funny, we've ridden our bikes a little bit, you know, without our bags on it a couple times here, just to go to the store or something. And it's almost unrideable. I was going to say, the ba it's got to be an adjustment to your balance yeah. when you're yeah. like, you feel probably loosey-goosey yeah so did you in the course of planning this then do you have your do you have target destinations that you have to hit because you've got pre-booked rooms or are you kind of um freestyling it i mean i have to imagine if you put in a hard day of 50 miles on hills that you know you kind of want to have a target as opposed to you know getting the getting i mean i'd be worried about getting someplace and it's like no vacancy no vacancy no vacancy <laughs> That has been tricky, very tricky. I think the, 
when I started, I kind of liked the idea of, well, you just ride as far as you can, then you just find a place and you stay, mm-hmm. whether it be a campground or, or whatever. But we started right before Memorial Day, Memorial Weekend, excuse me. Um, our first day was the 26th of May. And we kind of didn't take that in consideration that we were going to be running into Memorial Weekend on the first week as we rode down the coast <laughs> of Oregon. So, yeah, our first day, the 26th, we got up and we loaded our bikes and, and we both said, oh, shit. I could, I could barely even ride it. It was so heavy. We got, we got way too much. I had little tears in my eyes. Oh my God. <laughs> so we had a, Only 120 more days to go. <laughs> we had an idea of where we were going to end up. I think you even made a reservation. Well, yeah. So when we figured, when we, I don't know, we figured out like, hello, we're going to be riding through Memorial weekend. Um, we need to make reservations. So when we're back in Minnesota, we did make reservations for the first week. And we're really conservative, like only 40 miles a day or so. And then, um, and then our second day into the trip, or well, we had that first day that was difficult because we had so much stuff. And stuff. we're riding along the coastal highway 101. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's it, not a big margin for error there. Whatever, <laughs> any. All right. Sorry about that. We had a little technical issue. You know, I'm not sure if it's on my end or your end, but you said you were riding along 101. Um, let's see. Okay. So, oh, so we decided to, well, we decided to stay in Manzanita another night because we had really poor weather the following day. It was windy, um, rainy, and so... And they had a post office. And they had a post office. So we spent that day packing up 18 pounds of stuff to ship back home. That was our second day in. <laughs> oh. Well, that had to... Rec- okay, so how did you make those determinations? I mean, because uh, um, presumably you, you were think you were pretty intentional about what you were bringing. So the second day in, that's kind of a hard call to um, get well, rid of 18 pounds. Yeah, partially we weighed ourselves or weighed our gear uh, about a week beforehand. And I think during that week, we're like, oh, well, I could use another shirt. I could use another pair of socks. I could use this. And um, so we ended up sending a bunch of clothes home. I had a a battery uh, charger, you know, so we could plug our phones into or a laptop, that kind of deal. That was four pounds. So we shipped that home. Anyways, we waited at the at the post office. It ended up being eighteen pounds. Yeah, yeah. And wow. um, it doesn't feel like we sent eighteen pounds home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's a lot. You know, I we 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 went mountain climbing in Colorado, and there were guys that were cutting their handles off their toothbrushes to try to get the weight. I know. Down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, eighteen pounds over you know forty two hundred miles is a you know if you calculate out that tonnage that's a big deal it is and then we're you know we're crossing the rockies we've we've crossed them but uh you know you don't know what the weather's going to be like it still could be cold it might even snow 
So we got, you know, insulated pants and shirts and uh, down jackets and caps, um, full finger gloves, those kind of things. So we're going to make another stop at a post office here within the next week for to send home another box. Okay. All right. So, so you, so, so now I, I guess we were talking about this, you know, the, the state. So at this point, you know, in it, 47 day or 48 days into the journey, are you booking your rooms or are you winging it? Uh, we're looking about probably four to five days in advance. And um, the reason I talked about being in Manzanita, Oregon and staying there an extra day is we did have to forfeit some lodging that we had planned. Um, but we didn't really have a choice. So it's, it's we just couldn't get there. Well, you said, you know, we're, we're, you know, Kim said something about, you know, it's we, our modest expectation was 40 miles. Well, not all 40 miles. I'm guessing at this point, you're finding not all 40 miles are equal. They're not. They're not. <laughs> no. 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 So we started studying the maps more thoroughly and both of us together studying the elevation and the mileage and looking at the cities, what the cities, you know, the, or towns, I should say, what they have available to them as far as camping and hoteling. And that's one thing too, is at the beginning, we thought we would camp like every other night. And that is, it's really exhausting when you are biking. Now we're up to probably anywhere from 50 to 70 miles a day. So that's really, can be very, very exhausting. So we don't camp that much anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, it's nice to have a hot shower, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, we're going to roll into the plains here um, in the next couple of days. And we'll probably be doing a little more camping than we, than we have been just due to the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot available mm -hmm. for us on the route. Right, yeah. So from Pueblo, where you're into what, Nebraska then? We'll be uh, in Kansas in a couple days. Oh, in Kansas. Okay. And then we roll across uh, Missouri. I think we uh, about the, the tip of uh, Indiana, and then into Kentucky, and then Virginia. Okay. Wow, very exciting. Easy. Easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So I want to. I know you guys are, you know, squeezing me in. So uh, let me ask you this: How much? Did, how much time do you spend on the saddle, and how much time do you spend in preparation? And I mean, obviously, with lesser, you know, with less gear requires a little bit more time in terms of, you know, washing your clothes and, you know, restocking and that kind of stuff. So, how much is actual production time, and how much is, um, you know, uh, logistics? Well, I, I think uh, average from uh, beginning to end on each day, we figure about an hour for every 10 miles. And that's with, you know, stopping or whether you have some climbs, that type of deal. So 50 miles, we're probably in the saddle for five hours, mm -hmm. that type of deal. You know, 75 is seven and a half hours uh, type of thing. You know, you look, you talk about our clothes and you, I think we just, we get used to the stench. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, all that polypropylene, man, that shit just reeks. And then <laughs> you know, I have my one outfit that I like to wear every day because it's comfortable and it's bright. Mm -hmm. um, I have two, I have two outfits. And, so <laughs> and we get to, you know, on a rest day, we try to stay at a place that has, uh, the opportunity to wash our clothes. Mm -hmm. 
So we got a couple of loads of clothes to do today. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we've done a lot of hand washing too. And yeah. I was say you can wash them in the, and that poly pro stuff. You can typically wash in a sink and. We're having a little tech issue again. I, you, we are talking about washing clothes in the sink and. Yeah. And I was saying, um, you know, about having the things that you might need during the day accessible. So you pack them on top. So we've, like Kim said, we've gotten pretty thoughtful about what we pack and where we put it in what bag type of thing. Plus our, our snacks <laughs> got to have those uh, cliff bars or I'm a big jerky fan. So I'm just going to say turkey, jerky, beef, jerky. <laughs> so that's what kind of keeps us going during the day. Well, yeah, and then when we initially started, well, like the first four weeks probably, we're like, oh, we have to sit down and have lunch somewhere, or we need to fuel ourselves, or we need to have, you know, three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and now our routine is we just basically graze all day on, you know, carbs and protein and, um, you know, granola bars and gummy bears and, and all that, and then at night we have a really large meal, you know, probably at least 2,000 calorie meal. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, to make up for that. Um, and then usually we pull, it seems like kind of like clockwork, we're pu pulling into our destination around 3.30 or 4 o'clock. And so we usually go straight to find somewhere to eat in our sweaty, gross clothes and we eat. But then it's funny because it'll be about 8 o'clock at night and we're like, we're starving. <laughs> we need a snack. We need something. So, well, you're eating lunch at 3, 4 o'clock and then, you know, yeah. your, your body's accustomed to more meals. So Oh, I was commenting to one of my friends that um, we just can't eat enough mm -hmm. during the oh. day. We just can't, there's not time uh, to really eat enough. I mm -hmm. don't know. I probably lost 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. You probably lost 15. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you guys look thin. I mean, I, you know, and I mean, and, and then, I mean, the heat too, I mean, it's got to be you know, taken out of you. I mean, I don't know if you've calculated like what your caloric burn is, but it's got to be, it's got to be huge. We got to be up there 10,000 or a day better. Yeah. No, 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 maybe. No, I would say I'm 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's high, but you know, but we've also lost muscle mass too, because yeah. we're only working. We're not moving, you know, we're not cross training. You know, we were, I was hoping we stretch a lot. We do a lot of stretching and then biking, but um, you know, otherwise we're losing muscle mass too in some areas of our bodies. So that's a little frustrating, but it'll come yeah. back. Well, John's going to look like Eric Hyden when he gets done. You know, he's like <laughs> <laughs> my pants won't fit and my shirts won't fit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it sounds like you guys have been making a lot of adaptations on the fly. I'm just kind of curious, what's some of the things that, what are some of the best lessons that you've learned so far? You know, and it can be, you know, wonky about the, like you mentioned, putting the stuff that's more accessible on top. And, you know, some of those kinds of things are more maybe higher altitude things about yourself and your relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was going to, well, I wasn't going to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway. Do you, uh, how are you guys getting along? I mean, that's a lot of together time. <laughs> Fine. It's been uh, 34 years and we've had uh, lots of ups and downs. <laughs> and uh, this is uh, just an opportunity. I mean, we're spending 
for the most part every day, uh, every moment of every day yeah. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're 24-7, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's going pretty good. We're, you know, I've, or we've made the comment before, um, the idea that in marriage and life, at least between us, someone's got to be the strong person if someone else is down. Mm -hmm. It goes like this. But I feel like he's kind of like the yin to my yang. He's like the cool cucumber, calm, and... I'm the more fiery one. And when I get upset and mad, I mean, I think it was like the third weekend I had a meltdown or was it the second week we we're going up a hill. And this is when it dawned on me that this is not riding your bike across America on a perfectly groomed paved trail and nice and flat. This is we're, up and down, up and down. Up, I mean, I wanted to throw my bike off the cliff. We're, I was, we were climbing. Uh, we were coming out of a town and we were climbing about 1500 feet up over, I don't know, 10 miles. Uh, so it was a pretty good grade and it was switchbacks and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Kim was having a moment. So yeah, so I've had my moments and, and every day I think I have a moment because it it is hard. I mean, it's I'm not going to lie, it's hard, but like we have done hard things before, you know, I've done hard things before, you know, going through cancer treatment is a hard thing. And, and so, you know, you think like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through this hard thing? And it's, you just, you grow, you grow personally, you grow physically, mentally. And, and it's been really cool because people are reaching out to us via Facebook and our wet or email, I mean, all across the country, yeah. people that have lobular breast cancer and how thankful they are that we're doing this and raising awareness and funds for the lobular breast cancer alliance, because I don't know when you want to talk about lobular breast cancer, but it's different than other types of breast cancer. And so um, we're getting the word out there. Most people have not heard about it. So that's when I, that's when I get my rewards is when people reach out and say, thank you for doing this. Thank you for representing this group of people, of mostly women that have um, lived with lobular breast cancer. And that, that part of the ride is, you know, gave it the real meaning or the true meaning mm -hmm. of what we're doing. But all the support that we get from home mm -hmm. or people from all over the country, their mm -hmm. CARE 11 spot mm -hmm. aired in Knoxville, Tennessee as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, type yeah. of deal. So, you know, people are reaching out and, uh, you know, even a couple sentences that says, hey, way to go, or you can do this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, type of thing. That kind of, that just fuels us for the day, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. keeps us going yep. to the next day. Mm -hmm. And um, I made that comment in, a, in a, my blog just about, you know, you, you can't look at, I need to ride 4,250 miles. I need to ride 65 miles. And then break it down. I, I'm guessing at some moments it's like I need to get to that sign. <laughs> That's exactly. It. Let's see if we can cuddle to that sign, and then if we can't, we'll walk our bikes. I you mean, can walk after that, but we gotta get to that sign, and then it's like one more sign, and then one more sign, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, they, you mentioned they, the LBCA, and um, sidetrack you here a little bit. So we're you know trying to we're gonna do this ride and. Um, it's Kim's 10 year anniversary. And they're like, well, why don't we find an organization that we can um, try to highlight or, and maybe raise some money for and got on the, the internet and uh, looked up lobular breast cancer 
associations or something, nonprofits, that kind of deal. And uh, saw the Lobular Breast Cancer okay. Alliance and, um, you know, talked to them on the phone, had some meetings, conference calls type of deal and started to learn more about them and their mission. And then, as Kim said, they're the only organization in the United States uh, directly affiliated with lobular breast cancer uh, awareness research. and research. And yeah. so that made it all even more exciting um, to, to put this together as part of our fundraiser adventure. Yeah. Another why, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put link into their uh, website on the show notes so people will be able to get more research on it. And I thought, you know, I really wanted to spend a lot of time kind of talking about with you guys about sort of this, you know, the adventure component and, you know, we'll, we'll make all that information available. Is there anything that you kind of, <laughs> I'm sure there's a bunch, but is there anything that comes to top of mind where you think, wish I'd have known this when we were still in Minnesota. I wish I would have, you know, like what's been the biggest aha so far? I think, I mean, I think, I feel like we didn't train enough, but it's tricky in Minnesota because we left May 26th. So to get outside and get that mileage in and the weight on our bikes and, um, and we don't have the Hills obviously that we've been encountering. So I, but we ran out of time. We ran out of daylight, you know? So, um, I feel, I don't know. I wish we were in better shape, but we've gotten in better shape along the way. So I guess that's part of the journey too. Um, so yeah. I think we're in obviously much better shape than we were and we're riding at nine, 10,000 feet. And, um, so yeah, I think training. Yeah. You guys are going to be some fire breathers when you get back right yeah. around here. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And also just packing less. It's kind of like when we were talking about getting rid of shedding all this stuff when we're moving, when we're packing for the trip, there's all these things that you think that you can't live without. And then, and then you wear the same clothes every day, every day. Yeah. You know, the stuff, the extra clothes are at the bottom of the panniers and haven't been touched for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. So, and we've met people along the way that are carrying I don't know, 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they're call it a little more hardcore uh, type of deal. Cause our tent is probably eight to 10 pounds in, in itself for camping. But um, I think the biggest su surprise for me was uh, coming from Minnesota, we are vaccinated mm. and uh, seeing firsthand, not only the different uh, S or viewpoints, of uh, that, um, but rolling into these small towns where there's supposed to be these services and they're close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a gas station. You know, it could be the only gas station in town, but it's closed, mm -hmm. which is the convenience store, also mm -hmm. type of deal. Uh, so lots of restaurants, um, different opinions on why they're not open. A lot of uh, smaller towns we've come through. You know, we talked about real estate a little bit. You know and who's buying up their homes and their small towns and their businesses and their small towns. The other side of that is uh, they can't find anyone to work um, in these places. And some have alluded to, well, they can't work here because they can't find any place to live that mm -hmm. they can afford those types of things. It's a so, different world. Yeah, I mean, it's it a is different just, world. just seeing that whole side of it is, and just 
yeah, businesses struggling. They cannot find employees to work. The upside is we have met that the people aspect of the ride has probably really been the highlight of all the people we have met from all over the country, uh, whether, a, you know, a few people on their bicycles riding west that we've met up with, uh, people on vacation, people living in their community that, you know, we just had the opportunity to sit down and chat and learn about them and, and they can learn about us and we can spread our awareness of lobular breast cancer. We, uh, we hand out our little card. Oh, cool. Business card. Yeah, yeah. Which is our, <laughs> whoops, our route. Am I got it right? That way. Uh, you had it there. There we go. That's right. <laughs> With people, for people listening on their iPads or something, they're just going to have to get a map and look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> com. Yep, I'll put that in and I'll put in the link to the Facebook page and to the um, to the Lobular uh, Cancer website too. So is there anything else you want to share at this point? I mean, 48 days in, any profound life lessons or anything else that, you know, I mean, you had a lot of good stuff in here that we, we talked about a lot of stuff, you know, that kind of, you know, leaning into adventure. But as people are in the throes of this grand adventure, is there anything else that you'd want to share? Um, I, I think for me the the idea of changing your mindset to be to live day to day you know and stop and smell the roses those type of things in this environment and what we're doing that's the mindset that we have to have again you can't look too far out or you miss you know what's right in front of you and um you know we plan our rides based on elevations that we have to climb and distances and opportunities for places to stay. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Cool. I mean, it's a whole different vantage point than when you're in a car, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of it is you do, you're smelling the pine trees mm -hmm. as you're whizzing by. You're hearing the, the, the river next to you. Um, but you also have to concentrate on that white line. I know. Sometimes you have harder. to remember to look up from the white line and look at the beauty around you because sometimes <laughs> I'm so focused on the white line. I'm like, I look up and I'm like, oh, it's so pretty around here. And you're going, whoa. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've been reading your blog. I've enjoyed it very much. Um, uh, you know, I think these life lessons, uh, you know, I think you're going to have some fun stuff that you're going to be able to work with you know, going forward in terms of, you know, some of the lessons that you're getting and the growth that you guys are experiencing as a couple and, and, you know, individually, um, uh, you know, it's really fun to see. So I got to tell you as your friend, I'm proud of you guys. Um, you know, it's very cool. And I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, I know your day off days off are precious. And so I appreciate you taking all this time and, and agreeing to be on. Oh, well, thank you. We've completely enjoyed this. It's so nice to see you. and so nice to see a familiar face. Yeah, this is, uh, again, this kind of makes it all worthwhile, mm -hmm. these opportunities to, to talk with people such as yourself and, and spread the word and inspire people. Uh, and you can do, you, you know, you just have to choose what you want to do in life and uh, raise more awareness for the Lobular Breast Cancer Alliance and hopefully some money. Yeah, very cool. And I'll have a link so people can contribute and, 
And uh, this is fun. I may reach out to you again. We'll see you in another 40 days or so and see how you're doing. <laughs> Story may have changed by that. <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, John's on this side of the road, and I'm. On <laughs> <laughs> oh my! But God. thanks for sharing your journey with us, and um, I'm going to stop recording right now. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. It was a pleasure.